Hello, and welcome to Someday We'll All Be Dead, a podcast where we talk about all the things with a social work perspective. I'm your host, Hallie Harris, and I am a hospice social worker. Today, I have a fantastic guest with me. Her name is Alma. I met her while she was volunteering at a local hospice. I believe she still is volunteering at that hospice. So welcome, Alma, and tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. Hi, good morning. Um, Thank you for inviting me. And um, something about me, well, I am from Mexico, and I am 50 years old, mother of three, and I started to study uh, high school diploma 21 at 48 years old. <laughs> <That's me>. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing amazing things. I do um, just want to briefly tell the listeners, you and I have talked before, and of course, I think we could do a whole series on you. You have so many interesting stories and things to talk about that I want to hear more uh, of. But today, we're mostly going to focus on uh, your education journey. And I do want to caveat to the listeners that I may ask Alma to repeat herself. Um, In phone sessions, it is much harder to understand some accents. Sometimes it cuts in and out. I don't have the best signal here. So please, Alma, uh, I am not saying it because I cannot understand your accent. It is because we're on the phone. So (laughs) I apologize. (laughs) Um, I want to make sure everybody knows that, uh, you know, I know we've talked a little bit about your concern for um, your English and how you speak English. And I just want to off the top say anyone that speaks a second language is far smarter than me. And I have the utmost admiration, especially when English is a second language, because seriously, that's a ridiculous language to learn. So thank you for for putting up with me. Thank you. So we met, like I said, while, and you were still volunteering at this hospice. Uh, what, what drove you to hospice? And then maybe we can backtrack to um, your journey into education, kind of from where you came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm sorry. What was your question? My first question is about uh, what brought you to hospice? Okay. Um, first, I never imagined that I will go to do something with hospice. <laughs> <laughs> and um, my first experience with hospice uh, was not a good one. It was in another state. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was really, really concerned about the situation when I met, when I went to to visit my friend's husband. And that was seven years ago. And then uh, at that time I thought, oh my gosh, this is this is something horrible. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. And, and then when I came here in this state, um, I was going to school and I had an accident and this, this was uh, Washington was State? And I had an accident and my life changed completely. I'm not able I'm not able to do basic things and of the life. 
I vacuum, uh, cook, and can I go to hiking and ride a bike? Nothing. I mean, I have to think what I will do because my back will tell me, Alma, stop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then when I was at school, uh, I was depressed. I was very depressed because I usually I was very dependent. I mean, I was working and studying and I love crafts and hiking, doing uh, things that I like it. And, and I was very depressed. And when I have a class in my school about culture, we, we talk a different, different, uh, topics from different cultures. And one was, uh, when people die hmm. and when people is a child and when people is married and different topics. But then I, I noticed that everybody in my group, we, um, there was 27 people. And only one of them was happy. And everybody had traumas and problems because it's normal to have problems in life. And then um, is when I noticed that is people have a lot of grief, um, traumas, and depression. A lot of people is having depression. Mm-hmm. And then I said, why well, I didn't notice before? I found my career finally when, when I noticed that. Well, let's, let's backtrack real quick. Cause I think we're jumping, jumping into the deep end of, of where you're at. <laughs> no, no, no. You're doing great. Um, so, so to get up to that point, so you, you said you're from Mexico and you hadn't really, uh, you hadn't finished your, your formal education until you came to the United States. Is that right? Yes. Uh-huh. And, and what age were you when, when you started like in the high school years? Eight, uh, 48. 48. I cannot even imagine trying to go back to high school at 48. What was that like? <laughs> Tell me about yeah. that. Yeah. So, Tell, tell me more yes. about what that was like when you went back into the high school years. When I went back to the high school years, um, I was okay. I was very happy, enthusiastic, because finally I had opportunity to go to school. Mm-hmm. And after that, I had my accident. And so when you were 48, you what... Uh... I guess let's even backtrack further. So when did you, how old were you when you moved to the United States? Well, I moved at 21 years old, but I never went to school. At all? Here, no. Okay. In Mexico, I went only for uh, um, fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, equivalent here is fifth in Mexico is sixth, okay. sixth year, but it's only elementary school. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
And then what you moved here when you were 21. And then did you just immediately start like a family or a job? How did that work? When I moved here, I was married. I was married. Uh, I had two weeks married. Mm, wow. Yeah, we moved here because my plan was uh, work and send money to my mother and my brothers can go to school. Mm. I wanted to they finish uh, high school. Mm-hmm. So when you came to the U.S., did you speak English at all yet? No, nothing. No, 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 no. Alma, you Zero. are incredible. Nothing. That no. sounds terrifying. <laughs> I never, I never think about go to school, learn English. I never think about it. I just was thinking to work. Mm. Yes. You weren't scared to move to a new country that mainly spoke another language? Um, I was not scared. I was really... Um, I was really uh, focused on work and send money to Mexico. That's all. I didn't think anything else. I know it sounds um, not, not right. <laughs> no, it sounds incredibly brave is what it sounds like. Yes. But that, that happened. So, I didn't think about it. And sadly, most of the people when they came, they came from Mexico, uh, not, not 100%, but a lot of people, they don't think about going to school. They just thinking and find work and send money for families in Mexico mm -hmm. so they can eat or finish the house or they don't have a house. It's just finding better opportunities to support your family. Yes, mm -hmm. that's the goal. Only. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I mean, I, I'm hopeful that we'll, you'll come back and we'll talk a lot more about cultural differences and things like that. But I do want to try to keep us focused because I know you and I could chat for hours about everything. Um, yes, I know. <laughs> so you, you started, I want to stay on the education side of things. You started to learn English, I'm assuming, just kind of by being here, by interacting with people, or did you actually take formal class? No, um, I never tried before. And... Um, and I went to Mexico at some point, and then I come back again. But I, when I come back, I was divorced, mm -hmm. and and I decided to learn English when I was divorced, and and I went to school. And so and that I, was back. That was now we're catching up to. You're in your mid to late forties at this point, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. So and you, when I think about it, oh my, it's crazy. <laughs> I, I just, I want to make sure I have the timeline right. You didn't formally start to go to school or, or learn English in the United States until two or three years ago? Yes. Yes. I, I, I was almost 48. Yeah. Alma. And a half I mean, when I, started. I mm -hmm. am, I'm honestly not trying to be insulting at all because I, I have to tell you there's no I can't imagine myself going moving to Mexico and learning Spanish that well that quickly <laughs> that is amazing honestly 
I'm no, just... okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling bad. I'm just saying that it's incredible that that happened. Um, I never think about it. Yeah. I know it's wrong. <laughs> no, no, it's not wrong at all. You're amazing. I, I just want to highlight that you've done all of this, not only a little bit later in life when people, you know, might not have done that or might have done that in earlier years, but that you moved to another country, a whole new culture, and you're going back to a higher education at this point. That's incredible. I finished my high school and now um, this December is my last quarter in, in the Skagit Valley College. And I, I think you, um, I remember you telling me originally before your accident, you had planned to maybe be a nurse. Yes, that was my plan. I wanted to be a nurse and I see, and I thought, oh, I want to start it since the beginning, uh, since, uh, from the bottom of the career. And I, I took classes as, as, um, caregiver. What, what, what was and that? Then, excuse me. What was the class? Classes for caregiver. Oh, caregivers. Okay. And then I took classes for CNA. Mm-hmm. And I finished my classes and I passed one test and then I have my accident. Oh, man. So just for people yes. that don't know, CNA is Certified nur Nursing Assistant. Yes. So, so then you had your accident and then your whole world turned upside down again. <laughs> Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> mm. And and I hope yeah. to again talk about your accident maybe a little more in depth later. But this this then got you to, of course, being depressed, and then we're caught back up to the you're realizing people in your classes are also dealing with depression or other mental health issues or traumas. And so, did that affect your decision to how you changed your course in education? Yes, I, I was thinking that, that I will be okay in a few months and keep keep uh, doing my career, but my plan, mm -hmm. the doctor told me, no, Alma, you, will not, you cannot be a nurse, you cannot run, mm. you cannot uh, do transfers to pa with patients, and so no, there's no way to be a nurse. And I was, I was really sad because uh, I said, now I have the opportunity to go to school and this is happening to me and, and I can do anything. Mm. I cannot have a normal life. I was thinking that my life, it was not ending, but it was not any future for mm. me. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. A good future, and then um, is when I I have that class with social workers, and when I was in that class talking about um, cultures, different cultures, and topic when people die and when people get divorced and. Then what? I noticed that everybody had traumas and and I said everybody needs wow, everybody needs therapy. <laughs> Amen, <laughs> sister. <laughs> not only me. 
<laughs> yes. And did you say, was that class a social work class or they just, ha- there happened to be social workers in that class? There was, um, it was my class about, um, mm, I don't remember the name because the name is, the name was business, business something. But I, when I was thinking about the name is not sense the name. Mm-hmm. And because the, that class is really interesting. And the name make you think that it's about numbers and business. But it's not about business. It's about people. Yeah. It sounds really interesting. Was there a social worker teaching it? No. It, uh, they invite the social workers. Okay. And, uh-huh. Like guest speakers. And, yes. Okay. They invite a, a social worker, and one of them was Claudia. Oh, yeah. We, we love and Claudia. Claudia <laughs> uh-huh, and she's a really good teacher, and I, I met her there. And then I met another social worker, and I met a teacher, different people that they were talking about about people <laughs> I don't know how to say because they, they were talking about uh, relationship mm-hmm. and emotions and life problems in life and system and uh, here in, in the United States and about schools here and all that was relating with relationship with people in traumas with people in yeah I think that's a great point that people don't really consider or think about at a surface level how much relations and trauma and personal issues affect everything around us on the outside those those family systems and micro macro meso systems that mm-hmm. are everything that affects us personally Everything is going on yes. in the world. It's all connected. Yeah, at that time, I didn't know about micro, macro, and nothing about that. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, you I didn't will. Know the, the title. <laughs> but I understood the the concept. I, I understood the meaning of the micro and macro, and mm-hmm. yes, and is when I noticed that I said. Well, I cannot, I cannot be a nurse because I cannot do transfers and I cannot run and I cannot be a histology because that was the second option for me, but I can't. And, and I said, but I can talk and I can (laughs) listen people. Yeah. And, and when we were talking about our lives in that class, then the teacher told us, um, write your chi- your childhood. Write about your childhood mm-hmm. since you remember until 12 years old. Mm. And I was writing and I said, oh, this story is not a pretty story. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for different words in the dictionary <laughs> 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 because I had to translate everything. And I'm still thinking in Spanish. And then I said, okay, 
I don't like this, this sentence. I will look for another word. And but I was looking and the story, it was ugly. It was, it was the same story and I, I cannot change it because that was my life. Mm, no matter what language, it was challenging. Yeah, no matter what word, choose. Mm-hmm. It, it's the same story. Yeah. And now I know it's not the worst story in the in the world because I I heard more stories that is worse than mine. Mm. But uh, but I was thinking uh, this is not a good story to share. It's nothing pretty. It's nothing fun. And then I said, okay, I cannot change it. And it's when I faced. I really, really saw my my life. Is when I noticed that who I was and who am I, who I am, who is Alma, mm-hmm. how is Alma, and and I found that when I was a, a little child, um, I was defending people, I was helping people, and I was taking care of people. Since I remember, six, nine. 12 years old, I was taking care of people and working and doing something for something for for somebody else mm-hmm. to take care of them. And I said, well, is when I this when I found that uh, social worker, it's a good car- a really good career for me. Yeah, it sounds like you have been a social worker since you were a child. <laughs> Yes, and I didn't know. <laughs> and now I like my story. So now I have a really pr- uh, beautiful story. I love that. I like my story now because I was doing something beautiful. Even in that place, in that situation. I was doing something really beautiful and I love that. I love to remember that. Now I remember with a smile before I was remembering sad mm-hmm. with emotions. My emotions was sad, sad, sad. And now I can smile when I remember that because I said, wow, I did that. I did it. And I was a child. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow, you you just made my little Grinch heart grow three sizes when you said that. <laughs> I I just cannot tell you how much it it is to me to hear someone be able to see a trauma that they went through with a different perspective and not only are you able to revisit those experiences in a more positive light, but that it may be added and don't let me put words in your mouth, but maybe it added to your own self-worth and your own self-esteem to know that you you were doing great things at such a young age even yes, even in the child. middle of that and uh, and now with my classes and my future career i'm learning about that everything everything in life it can it's not bad and it's not good is what you think about it. Mm. Yes. It, I mean, it's bad if you think it's bad because because you are 
looking in negative way. But it can be something good if you look for the positive way, the positive things. Because that part of my life, um, that made Alma. (laughs) That's a very cognitive and humanistic approach you're taking. (laughs) You're already getting to be a social worker. Well, Alma, I uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time today. I really can't express to you how much I appreciate you coming on, and I hope to have more discussions about all the things we've talked about privately uh, if you're up to it. And, of course, we need more social workers, but particularly more social workers of color, more bilingual social workers. So I am so excited to continue to watch your journey and success. And I hope you come back and share some, some of that with us. Yes, <laughs> I would be glad to do that. And then um, thank you. Thank you. And uh, recording again. So mm-hmm. um, Alma, what ultimately brought you to hospice after all this? Um. I was doing my, uh, I was thinking to do my practicum and practicum is nine months, three quarters. Mm-hmm. And my teacher said, um, here is the options. We have these places and she invite, uh, people from different, uh, uh, offices and, uh, different like she invite a nurse and then she invite a, a teacher and somebody from uh, different organizations. And then she invite one person from a hospice, a local hospice here. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about hospice and, and I said, that, that lady, is really open and I never think about hospice and I didn't know what was it. <laughs> well, especially I, after the bad experience you said you had. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I didn't know what exactly was a hospice because I had a horrible experience <laughs> uh, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And then, um, well, my, my, I said, horrible experience is not because something horrible happened it's because it was new for me and when i entered to the place i i didn't like it Mm. and but then i noticed that that was not a hospice at all (laughs) i was wrong oh i was wrong and it was um it was a nursing home but uh, but it was with people and the last stage. Right. And I was thinking that was hospice and no, I was wrong about. And and I discovered what was. And this lady was explaining everything. But the more the more beautiful part of that, uh, she said experiences from hospice. Um, obviously she didn't say names. Mm-hmm. Yes. But she's, she said, 
some people recover, they graduate. And I say, well, how do they graduate? They have a graduation. <laughs> and it's because they get better physically. And they don't need a service from hospice. And I never think about it. I, I was amazed with that. And then uh, I said, okay, I will go to hospice. I will go to have an interview and I will do my, pra- my practicum there. And when I went, um, I had my interview and it was good and I liked it and I was really enthusiastic about it. But I was in depression, remember? I was really depressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when finally I, I went to start, I was really nervous and I was feeling like, I will, oh my God, I will have a panic attack. And I was sweating and... And then I said, uh, can we stop a little bit? And she said, yeah, I noticed that you're, are you okay? And I said, no, I'm not. And she said, uh, what can I do for you? And I told her, I'm not, I'm not, I am not ready. I'm sorry. Can I, can I start in a few weeks, please? And she said, yes, of course. Do you want to talk about it? And I was talking why I was depressed. She listened to me. She listened to me. And then she said, we have a service. We can give a therapy for you. So (laughs) I went to do my practicum. Am I ending with service? (laughs) (laughs) And, And that made me love hospice. Because they took care of me. <laughs> oh my God, it's crazy. And I had therapy. And I discovered my grief. Um, because at that point, I knew my life. I faced my childhood. childhood, mm-hmm. And I knew everything. But I never talked about grief. And I didn't know about grief anything. I, I mean, I yeah. was discovering new things. And then I have, when I finished my therapy, I started my practicum. And my first patient, I will never forget it. I was the best patient. It was the best experience in my life. It's something that I needed at that time. And uh, when that patient passed away, uh, the daughter told me, Alma, you... You don't have an idea how you helped my, my father, how you helped me, how, how was you changed the last days of him. And it was so beautiful. He was singing with you. He knew all the, 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 the songs. Mm. And I didn't know he likes uh, opera. Oh, wow. Until you put the music. And I am his daughter. And I was really happy. I said, thank you, thank you, because I did something beautiful. I'm really glad. Hmm. But he gave me a a gift, too. And so that was drops of love for me. Mm -hmm. That was um, part of my therapy. That was 
healing is my healing. It sounds like it was healing for all of you. Yes. It was really beautiful. And I, and I told him, thank you for giving me this opportunity to talk to you about your life. And thank you because we enjoy moments, listen music. I have a really good time with him. And that was my first patient, my first experience. And, and, I'm, and when I remember, I said, oh, God, thank you. Thank you for that gift. Hmm. And I keep doing my practicum, and I'm really happy doing my practicum there. Yeah, and this is my last days. <laughs> <laughs> but I decided to stay uh, as volunteer in, in the hospice because I, I really enjoy it, and it's something that I need, and and something beautiful is is sharing the relationship. Um, people think that when when somebody is in the last stage of their life, they say there's there's nothing to do. There's nothing else. They can do nothing. They can say nothing. But the patients have too much um, to share, and even when they are in the bed. It's amazing when I had an ex another experience, another patient. Um, she was an old lady, and she was in bed. She cannot walk. She cannot do anything by herself. But there was a um, caregiver, and he, he, is, he was really kind and sweet, and he was really taking care of the patients with, with love. And she said, oh, she told him, ah, you was with another patient. You didn't come, you didn't come to my, to my room. And he said, no, 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 no. I came because I want to see you and I will stay with you. I will bring your dinner. What about that? And we can stay together while you're having your dinner. And she said, yes. And I asked her why, why she, she liked him so much. And she said, he's a special. And I said, what is special? What is, what is special? What is special about him? And she said, he's different. And and then the way she said is because he was a gay. Mm. And she she was taking care of him in her way, uh, giving love to him. He She was paying attention to him, tre treating him different with more love. They were, uh, they were taking mean, care of each other. Yes, because he is gay. She was more kind with him. And then in the next visit, I was talking to her and I said, oh, she told me that she was a teacher. And, and, I, and I was thinking, wow, she is a teacher. She's still, she is a teacher now because she's taking care of the kids. 
She has the passion. She has a love for others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a beautiful experience. Um, because it's easy to think somebody in bed can do nothing for others. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not true. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, yeah, let's definitely, <laughs> let's definitely put a pin in that and talk more about that at our next episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 